Blog Talk Radio. From rainy Los Angeles, California, I thought I'd never say that on the air, it's Music Friday Live, the end of the week program brought to you by Solar City, your source of clean energy. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, I'm your host, I'm on every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blog Talk Radio Network, the Cyber Station USA Network, and our radio affiliates, and we are bringing you the hot new emerging bands and I want to just remind everybody that uh, these bands are here for you you can call you can call up and talk to them and I'm going to give you a phone number in just a minute but today today we're going to be talking with Chris Ripple he's a New York based country folk singer with a gentle touch and a very fast rising career and with Amy Loftus she's a singer trained in Nashville but she's a longtime Los Angeles denizen and she knows how to rock and croon Now, like I said, this is your show. These bands are here to talk with you, so you can call in 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. Or you can email your questions and your comments to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. But, you know, call in. Talk to them. They're here to talk with you. Well, I want to talk with you for just a minute. We lost a pillar of the music industry. B.B. King died last night. B.B. King was probably the most famous and the most talented blues guitarist anywhere at any time. Now, I know that the, the interwebs are going to be, if they already aren't, flooded with stories about the last time I saw B.B. King or about experiences with B.B. King. I have mine. My last time that I saw B.B. King live was at the, of all places, the Marin County Auditorium, the Civic Center Auditorium, which is a very big 1,200-seat auditorium, and he was there. And I remember when my wife and I saw him come on stage, he had a cane. Somebody had to carry Lucille. Lucille, of course, is his guitar. And uh, he sat in a chair, and uh, his assistant his guitar tuner, I guess, gave him Lucille handed him Lucille, and we all kind of held our breath because he looked so frail and so overweight, and we knew he had diabetes, and we knew he had lung cancer, and we knew that he smoked and all that, and yet his voice and his music was as clear as a bell. It was just wonderful. It was like he was 25, and I've been listening to him for probably 25 years, Um, so it's a great loss. Something else about B.B. King that uh, always astounded me is that he never stopped working. Last year, in his 80s, he did 200 gigs a year. Now, that's a lot of work. I mean, if you're a 25-year-old, 35-year-old singer and you do 200 gigs a year, you're pretty well worn out. And it was not easy for him. But he did it. And every single one, he gave his best. He and Lucille entertained the best there is. So RIP to BB King. I know you're sitting up there. I know you're stringing the, you're strumming the heavenly uh, equivalent of Lucille. You're singing the blues, and wherever up there is, I know that there are people or something up there listening to you, and they're tapping their foot and they're, they're snapping their fingers. So RIP for rest in peace for BB King. Well, we have to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Chris Ripple. So don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. 
Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA. Always on the go. And I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and I'm usually almost always on time. I'm your host here at Music Friday Live, and I I want to welcome our radio audience around the country, uh, particularly our audience at KSKQ-FM. They're up in Ashland, Oregon, which is not only a great college town, but it's also a great Shakespeare town. They've got the best Shakespeare festival in the country. I know I've been there. So if you're you're thinking about your summer, you might want to just um, check out – Ashland, Oregon, and while you're there, tune in to KSKQ-FM. Well, today, however, you can join us here. You can join us by email. You know, if you're sitting at home or you're sitting rather at work and you've got your headphones on and you're really not paying attention to that PowerPoint on the screen that your boss thinks you're working on, you're listening to us, that's okay. You can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Or if you want to call, you want to call and uh, talk to our uh, artist, that is four two. You can talk to us at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven. Three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, and that'll give you a chance to talk live on the air to our musicians. Speaking of musicians, longing and loss and melancholy and distance. Now, these are not easy emotions to stir with music. It's a lot easier to do happy dance. Conjuring these feelings up with music demands a nuanced approach to writing and arranging and a voice and a talent that is simultaneously sophisticated and simple. Chris Ripple is all of these things, and because of it, he creates deep, sepia-toned emotions with his music. He takes us to inner spaces that we forget are really there. You listen to his songs over and over again. You savor them like fine wine or fine tequila, a taste at a time. You savor the complexity and the nuances. You, you feel something you didn't feel the first time you listened. You hear something new each time. Each time you press play, it's an adventure. But in the end, it's the starkness that captures you. The nuances blend and they fade, and you are left with a voice and a music and a poetry whose power flows from their softness and their simplicity. Chris, thank you for joining us today on Music Friday Live. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That was that was an amazing introduction. <laughs> well, that that's what happens when you spend a day listening to somebody's music, which I do before <laughs> I write these things. Right? That's great. Um, Sounds like you, you went now, on a little ride there. <laughs> yeah, I did, and uh, you are now on the that's top great. of my uh, my playlist. Uh, Um, Well, let me say that this is really a magnificent album. Um, As I said in the introduction, every time I listen to it, I hear something new. So how long has this album been kind of gestating, kicking around in your head? Um, That's a good question. I I was on track uh, for the last um, three or four that I've done with the same producer. We were were putting something out every year, Um, put an album out in... 2010, I guess, and then an EP out the next year, and then an EP out the next year, and then I was ready to put something out, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to stop trying to rush everything, and this album was the kind of the product of being like, what is the rush? I, I, I can just, I can relax a little bit, um, and, you know, we still definitely got into the studio and got working on it, but, um, so I would say it, it took took two years not solid working on it the whole time for sure but um definitely the songwriting process began um i would say two years before it came out um and we went into the studio with actually 15 songs and that's the first time i've ever done that and had a few to burn and just kind of pick what fit on the album right and um this was the hardest i had um sequencing an album just because I really, I, I like all the songs and I think, you know, for the most part, I usually like the other songs too on my other albums, but for some reason it's easier to think, oh, that's the hit or that's the single or that's really going to sit well with people. 
This one I, I had a hard time with, and I'm really happy with the order, but I'll find myself listening to it, um, and I'll get to song seven or eight or nine, and <laughs> I'm still really enjoying it. So, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> awesome. Um, Thanks. Now, I know that you perform a lot. Did you have an opportunity to try out some of these songs in front of a live audience before you recorded them for the album? Yes. Um, some of them definitely, like the first song, Shake Me Up, um, Nothing But The Waves, we've been doing, um, I know, Count The Hours. Count The Hours was actually the first one. That's that's track three um, that mm-hmm. we were out on a tour in the West Coast, and Jimmy, um, the producer, and I had kind of worked out an arrangement on that. I actually started writing that song in the studio when I was working on the EP before that. I just remember they were working on mixing, and I was sitting there in the back room with my guitar and kind of <laughs> came up with that. Well, well, your your lyrics... Um are very tightly crafted. They're kind of like musical haiku. Do you spend a lot of time on them, sort of editing them until you get exactly what you want, or do they sort of just flow the first time? You know, they flow. It's it's rare, but occasionally I will change a line or two or a word or two. But I um, I, I like to feel like they just feel natural and they come out and... Um, I try not to think too much about what they mean or what exactly I'm trying to say and kind of almost like an abstract painting. Sometimes later I'll look back at it and be like, oh, that's what I meant. Or, you know, it's like it kind of comes out like like a poem, but it's just I'm kind of tapping into it. And I'm I really try not to think about it a lot. Are you one of those artists who is laying in bed kind of half asleep and then hears a lyric and reaches for your cell phone and records it? Um, Yes, I will definitely. I'll usually write it down, Um, grab a pen and paper. (laughs) I need to. um, (laughs) The few times I have reached for my cell phone, it's actually been very beneficial because I tend to forget that you can just get get out that sound recorder or something and <laughs> use that to your advantage. Well, uh, it, it shows. Now, uh, let's let's show the audience uh, what we're talking about here. This is the, the title track, um, Out of Town. Go Now, in this song, you sound so alone, but you don't sound lonely. And, and I especially like the line, and I love you everywhere you go, into the darkness nights we've known, and when you cannot hear my songs, just like your heart, they will beat on. Wow, where did that line come from? Is that part of your life? Did that come from your life? Thanks. Um, yeah, it is. It's about... Um yeah, I've, I've been in a relationship for a while now and actually am married um, as of, Yay. what is the year? It was, thanks, August of 2013, um, and we'll be together for 10 years this year. Um, you got wait, wait, you got married 10 years ago? I got married in 2013. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we'll have been together for 10 years. Um, Congratulations! So it was it was a long engagement. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. I like to make sure everything's perfect first. <laughs> but um, it's just about well, it's it's partly about definitely you know the fact that we both live in New York City and you know sometimes it can feel really intense. Um, I think that 
everything can be a little more intense in a city sometimes. Um, and it's about, you know, my um, husband feeling, just feeling emotional and going through um, some tough times and just kind of wanting to find that peace and go out of town for a little bit and um, just kind of reminding him that I'll always be here. Well, in speaking of New York, uh, in your earlier album, I'm Not From Here, you, you chronicled the impact of shifting to New York. Now, the the line in this song, uh, I know the city shouts, does does that indicate that you kind of have a love relationship with New York or sort of have you come <laughs> to terms with the urban environment? Oh, I definitely love it. But it's like, it's it's the kind of city that if you're feeling sick and or just out of it, you know, and you kind of, I'm I'm from Seattle, Washington, which is a much more mellow town. And I've lived in places in the woods with, you know, I don't even really have a town in it. Um, and when you're sick, you can kind of walk around and you don't have to cross anybody or you don't have to get pushed through the subway or you don't have to, you know, you just have your own space. And that certainly doesn't really happen here. Um, so, you know, you, it's hard to have an off day, um, but I definitely love New York. I, 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 I think I definitely love it more than I hate it, but it does have <laughs> its stressful moments. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I've heard that from other New Yorkers, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I talked about the power of simplicity in your singing and your arranging. Uh, there's another song that's built around some really stripped-down lyrics and a haunting chord, which is sort of the essence of simplicity. Uh, let's listen to this, and I want to uh, talk cool. uh, a, a little bit about it. Cool. and count hours until we're not so young if this is love I don't know just how it all began sometimes I dream That is uh, so in, in, incredibly powerful. Did you see the music in your head? Did you see the kind of images that you're creating with that music? Um, I did have a visual for sure with that song. And that one, um, it's inspired by somebody else's relationship. You know, it's, it's not really uh, about me. That's one of those songs that I wrote and... Um, my husband, after he heard it, you know, he was like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't know you were feeling that way. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 it's not about you. <laughs> Definitely about a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, we're talking but, with uh, Chris Riffle about his new album, Out of Town, and you can talk with him, too. You can call us at 347-215-7511, and you should because we're having a lot of fun here. If you're at work or whatever you can't call, you can email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And a some, bunch of you are starting to email. So, so Chris, let's, uh, let's go to some of the emails here. Um, cool. Altman from Philadelphia says, um, will you be down here to sing to us? Love, 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 love. Oh, <laughs> that sounds great. Um, I'll get on it. <laughs> I don't have a, a Philly date on the calendar, but I would like to, and that's not too far from New York. So No, no, you can take the, the train down. Um, All right, noted. <laughs> uh, Remy from Los Angeles has West Coast tour question mark question mark question mark. Don't forget us in SF. Awesome, that actually is definitely happening, and I'm looking at dates in July right now. And San Francisco is definitely on that. So um, check my website okay. and sign up on my mailing list if you want. But definitely, and I will how, be how posting people... that. How do people sign up for your mailing list? Um, ChrisRiffle.com is my website, and 
the mailing list, I believe, is under contact or something on there. Okay, well, they can it's, find it once they go to your website, yeah, right? once they go to the website, uh, it should be obvious. Um, Buster from Atlanta says, you seem to be strongly influenced by Death Cab for Cutie. I, I feel like I've, I've heard some of those songs in my head before by Death Cab. Did, did you know them? Well, you did know them, didn't you? I did. That's a good question. I, I went to college in Bellingham, and I did know them. Um, I was playing shows in Bellingham for a while, and I played a show with them. Um, I, I knew Chris and Ben probably the best, but would run into them around town. And um, I definitely um, am influenced by them. I, I've, I've listened to them over the years. Probably, I'm really influenced by the Postal Service. I mean, I I really enjoyed that album that Ben did, and yeah, would like to hear more from them. But I think I was probably going through a breakup at that time, and I just remember that album really sitting in my CD player for months. Um, but okay. yeah, they're <laughs> definitely in there. Maybe maybe it's Bellingham that influenced both of us. <laughs> um, now I I. I talked about the uh, the simplicity in your music and in your voice. Uh, did you have voice training? No, I didn't. Um, I um, I'm, I'm I'm a little stubborn about like doing my own thing and being like, no, this is how I sound. I'm not going to try to sound like somebody else. And and I've always, I mean, I think when I started singing, a lot of people were always like, why don't you sing out more or sing louder or I can't hear you and you know, I got a lot of that, and I was like, well, I like the way I sing. And, you know, I, I listen to Elliot Smith, and, and he sings like this. Why can't I sing like this, you know? And so, well, it seems um, to work. Yeah, thanks. It definitely seems to work very well. And uh, this song, uh, which also is built around the power of simplicity in your singing and your arranging, um, and some stripped-down lyrics, shows how the essence of your voice really works very well. This is uh, Count the Hours. We sit and count the hours Until we're not so image in that reminds me of an early Dylan album, Bob Dylan, ah. the cover of which was Bob walking on a rainy New York afternoon down the street in the, the Lower East Side. It just has that, uh-huh. that feeling about it. I don't know. What, Cobblestone what, Street, I believe. Yep, yep, yep. Is that You have the same feeling when you wrote it? I, I, can, I can definitely picture that. Yeah, 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 totally. <sighs> Okay, well, uh, I, I love the song. I mean, it's just it's just really haunting, and it really has so much emotion in it. And you managed to—that's what I meant when I said haiku. You managed to pack a lot of emotion into very few words, and I'm just surprised that you don't work on that and work on that and work on that. But I guess that's what creativity is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, yeah, thank yeah. you. It's a huge compliment. <laughs> um, well, New, New York—you you were talking about you were in you come from Seattle, you've been you've lived in places where there wasn't really a town, then you went to New York, which is a really exciting place with a very strong music scene. And you've played in some of the top places there. You've played in the living room and the Mercury Lounge and but many of your songs talk about leaving the city. Uh, <laughs> why do you seem so out of town, if I can use that phrase? Um that's a really good question. I think I think that I'm I'm happy being in town because music is kind of my therapy and it, it takes me somewhere else. It, it calms me down. Um, I can go through months of staying in the city and 
kind of, I don't know. When I sit down and I play guitar and I sing, it definitely transports me somewhere else. And it, it's kind of calming. And, and I write as a, as a way to calm myself down often, which is why I enjoy mellow music. And, you know, at home I listen to a lot of Nick Drake, um, Iron and Wine, that kind of stuff. And I enjoy just relaxing. Um, so, so yeah, I guess that answers right. your question. <laughs> right. I, Iron and Wine, I haven't heard that one in a long time. Uh, well, <laughs> there's another song on the album that, that really seems to come deep within your center. And it, it, it tells us that, the title, actually. It's very spare, it's very deep. And I want to listen to a few lines of it, and then we can come back and, and, and talk about uh, where it is you really want to be. It's practically an album by itself. And, and it's got some lines in there. Well, let me read one. Um, and when I feel alone, oh, I know that you and me are one. And the other line is, and I'm too strong to lose myself, but in your hands I'm something else, something softer and free. Wow. <laughs> I, um, where, what's the context there? Who are you singing to? Um, I'm definitely singing to my husband that, um, that, I mean, that song is kind of like my attempt at writing a song about how I feel about him. And, um, you know, over the years, it's always been really easy for me to write a sad song or, uh, you know, breaking up song or, um, it's just so dramatic and so, um, when, when you're feeling those emotions, they're so intense that you have to write, and the songs just come out. So for me, it's a lot harder to write songs about being happy. <laughs> and <laughs> this is kind of a, you know, I, I'm I'm actually quite happy. You know, I'm really feeling good, and I'm really right. feeling close to exactly where I want to be with you. Um, so that's what Great. that's about. <laughs> well, that was the first song, song we we tackled on the album. Um, and the, the way that that whole song sounds, um, production-wise, kind of reflects the whole album. It, it does. Uh, and here's another one from the album, too, that they, I think is pretty strong and pretty powerful, too. That's uh, Less Traveled. Uh, that's the final song on the album, appropriately so. Um, is uh, d- Did the name from that come from the, the 1978 book, The Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck? Yes, and um, the poem um, took the road less traveled. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, Robert Frost. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, real, real quick, we have a minute left. What is your road less traveled? <laughs> what is my road less traveled? And I only have a minute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I try to just be open to the road <laughs> and see where it's taking me. I try not to control it too much. Um, I guess well, you, that is my answer that. for that. One of the lyrics in that song is, I wonder if I'll always just watch them from the side. Well, given the, the power of your music, uh, I don't think you're you're watching people from the side at all. I think you're, you're in there traveling. Well, Chris, we are out of time, but uh, I want to 
first of all, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. I know you're a busy guy, so thank uh, no you. No problem. Thank you. Thanks. My pleasure. Chris Ripple, I want to remind all of our New York City listeners, uh, particularly those who um, emailed in and asked when you're going to be playing in New York, that you are going to be playing in New York. You're going to be playing June 6th at the Great Rockwood Music Hall. You're on at 7 p.m. And for those of you who are in New York, yeah, you're looking forward to that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm excited. For those of you who are in New York, Rockwood is on Allen Street. It's about a block away from, you know, Katz's Deli and two blocks down from the Mercury Lounge, so you're right there in all the action. Check out yeah. Chris's other Chris out uh check out Chris's music um and his videos. Uh they're at chrisriffle.com and you can listen and buy his albums on SoundCloud and on iTunes. So check it out. Now, we have to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to do a complete change of tone um, and mood. We're going to talk with Amy Loftus, who's a country music and ballads with a smile. Don't go away. You're really going to enjoy this. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Hi, I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm your host. You're back with Music Friday Live. And uh, before we go any further, before we go any further, I want to give you a word from our sponsor, Solar City. Now, you know solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of you are really reluctant to take the plunge into solar because you've heard about the upfront costs. Well, Solar City can get you solarized for zero upfront costs on approved credit. That's right. Solar City will come out and they'll install a solar system on your home for free, and you only pay for the power you use and, you know, just like you do from the utility company, but you use a lot less power because, you know, the sun's making it for you. As much as half of your power can come from the sun. So Solar City pays for the system. It insures the system. It maintains the system. All you have to do is just sort of sit back and enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. Now, how do you find out? Well, you knew I was going to give you a phone number, just like that phone number I gave you way at the top of the program, so you're ready with your pen and pencil. The phone number is 909-618-6937. I'll say it again, 909-618-6937. And when you call them up, Tell them that I sent you. Tell them Music Friday Live, Patrick O'Heffernan sent you, and you will get a discount. So that's 909-618-6937. Well, you know, you have to smile when you listen to Amy Loftus sing. She can range from twangy pop to gentle ballads and seductive love songs, but you always hear the smile in her song, which is why they make you smile. She's having fun. Originally from Chicago, She's a long-ago transplant to the rich but somewhat frenetic L.A. music scene from Nashville. She has settled into a life well-lived. She makes music with smiles in it. She's a wife, a stepmom, a yoga teacher, a songwriter, a performer, a recording artist. She does it all, and she makes it look easy. Her new album, That Whole Entire Time, is due out this June, and I think she's here with a little preview. Amy, welcome to Music Friday Live. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, Amy, I've been listening to your music all week and, and most of yesterday, and I love it. But before we play some of it, what's up with the title? What exactly is that whole entire thing? Um, well, the I, my, my music does have a smile in it. I love to hear you say that because there is a lot of overflowing joy in my music. Um, but my life has not always been totally you know, roses, like the the life of an indie musician, as you know, is not always easy. And so the the album and certainly that song that that whole time is about how when you come like for me to have come into what feels like my happy place and my home soulfully 
where I am in my life, I re- I realized that that whole time I was, this was all coming, and I belonged with my husband that whole time. I just hadn't met him yet, you know, and so that's what that's about, that even when you're moving through tough times or challenges, there's a reason, I believe, for everything. You're being prepared for for coming into wholeness and, and coming to to where you belong. Well, I want to I want to play the a little bit of of the 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 title song because like you say it's a great story and it's a story many of us can relate to, relate to and it has some some powerful stories behind it. So I'm going to listen we're going to play a, a about a minute or so of this. And I want to come back and talk about what Okay. Laughing hard with your guy Skipping school Surfing high You and mine That old time School uniform City train Ballet shoes Wings of the stage Dreaming in the rain Left for bay With no more name That song tells such a, a strong, beautiful story and a personal one. So could you give us a little insight into its genesis and, and also about the tree behind the song? Yes. Um, well, I wrote it for my husband, and I played it at our wedding reception, actually. And it's about realizing that um, we. I, I'm so I'm so afraid of sounding corny. <laughs> I know people are gonna like just roll their eyes and think I'm so corny, but I really I just no, am. No, no, Musicians <laughs> haven't. Musicians are exempt from that. Okay, musicians. Right? Are yeah. Right. We we. It's our job, right? To, right. To sort exactly. Of, um, it's I re- I believe that um, I was meant to be with him, and that we both had. He was he was married before, and he had two sons, and you know those were the children that he was meant to have, and and he was meant to be married to his ex wife, and so he needed to go through that, and I needed to go through my journey of playing music and just kind of living this life like Forrest Gump, like okay I'll go there now, and doing anything I could just to to share my songs with people. And we met at, at just the right moment. And the tree, which is near where I live now with him, uh, is about a mile from our house. And he lived in this house before all this time. So I used to visit that tree when I was touring around and playing music. Even when I lived in Nashville, I would come here for shows and, and I would go visit this tree near our house. And it's this huge old tree. And I just, since, the, since like 2000, I would go there. It was just kind of a place where I felt peace and I felt a sense of belonging. And I didn't know why. I couldn't really explain it. I, I know I was inspired because I, I love Oprah and I'm from Chicago. And she had said, find a place in nature or find a favorite tree. And so that was why I chose one. Um, but sure enough, all that time, you know, I was a mile away from him at times when we, years ago, when, when long before we met. So that to me is is mystical and and amazing and um and I just I honestly couldn't believe it. It was like I, I forgot about it actually. And then one day, once I was already married to him, I hadn't visited the tree maybe in like three to five years, and I was like, oh my, oh my god! Like it just struck me, like oh my god! I was and, and, coming to this neighborhood. And, and knowing it, LA, it's a good thing it was still there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And so, and I even one time, like, this is just such a crazy story, but I, I one time visited the tree and dropped my phone there and got all the way back to my little apartment in West LA. And I was like, um, this was maybe 2010. And I realized I didn't have my phone. And I, I knew like in my gut, oh my God, I dropped it right near the tree. So I drove back. Sure enough, it was still there. It was just sitting in the grass. Nobody had even touched it. And when I look back at things like that, I'm like, it was just almost like this magnetic pull, like to be around that tree. And 
now I know why. <laughs> oh boy, a, a tree grows in uh, Culver City. All right. I know. Well, and well, now let's, I have a friend who visited it recently. She said, "I went to visit your tree." She was so inspired by it. <laughs> well, I want to switch gears uh, a little bit here. Uh, there's another song in there that feels a little more country, but it's got a, a twist to it. So uh, let's listen to a little bit of "Wouldn't It Be Good." to that song, it would be good. And in fact, it is good. I, I bet you have a lot of fun performing that one. I did. It's super fun to sing, especially the outro. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, uh, when, when you're on stage and you're doing that song, do people kind of, do they ever clap with you or, or just dance or anything? Wouldn't it be good? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, definitely. I just played at Molly Malone's, and it was it was a bit of a romp. I mean, I think that that's one of those songs. I didn't write it. It's a soundtrack cut from Pretty in Pink, mm-hmm. uh, I think in 1990, yeah. uh, late 80s. Yeah. And so I, I think people kind of recognize it. They're like, wait, I, I think I know this yeah. song. But they, you know, that, that song made it up the charts, but d- somehow it, it's not totally prominent. So I just thought it would be fun to... It was a male singer before. I I thought it would be fun to record, and also as a nod to soundtracks, which is really where I belong. I I feel like I'm a a soundtrack girl. Well, you're in the right town for that. And for for our audiences who are not in Los Angeles, for all all you folks in New York and other places, uh, Molly Malone's is a uh, a club, a rather unusual club in um, in the Fairfax area, which has a very large space with a lot of room for dancing and somebody very intelligently put the bar in another room so you can listen to the music and really enjoy people it, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun and speaking of fun uh and well, i don't know maybe fun's not the right word but uh, you tell me i understand that you're a practitioner of yoga how did that come about and how does it affect your music well i am and it's just it's sort of emerged. I, I have an aunt, my Aunt Carol, who's a total yogi, always was, and I learned a lot from her at a young age, like beginning at a young age. My mom was always doing yoga, and I did yoga with her. And it just stuck with me. It was it was like quiet that I really needed. I've always been drawn to it. And I stumbled into teaching. I, I was practicing and learning to assist my teacher, and I already had students before I would, had even completed my training with her. It was just kind of something that, has I, it's it's another thing that overflows out of me. I I like to share it. <laughs> Even my husband's doing yoga now. And, good. Um, Congratulations on that. Yeah, he's good at it actually. <laughs> my wife and, hasn't quite gotten me there yet. Oh no, yeah, it's kind of tough. It's it's interesting. It was originally only done by men, only taught by men, and now it's mostly done and taught by women and sold. It was only shared before and not sold. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, it's it's something that is just a constant for me. It's and and it does uh, help my music in that I it kind of music comes out of it. Like if I can get quiet enough, and yoga helps me get quiet enough, then I can hear songs. You know, sometimes my my head is like a radio, and I can start to discern what's worth working on, and d- things just emerge out of it. If that makes sense. It it does make sense. We're talking with uh, Amy Loftus about her new album, that whole thing, and uh, uh, that, that whole, whole time, entire time. Sorry, that that whole time, <laughs> and uh, you can you can talk with her. You can call in at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, or you can email in at musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. And again, the the album is that whole time. And we do have some email here from you. McGuire um, from Hollywood says. We've all been there, and you are so fortunate you say it so well. 
We've got a fan there in McGuire. Oh, thank and, you. Thank you, McGuire. And Shien from uh, L.A. said, are you as happy on stage as your recording sound? Oh, for sure. For sure. It's, I just had a friend, my friend Sean said, he was like, oh, my gosh, that's your happy place after I played recently on May 2nd. I was like, it is. <laughs> Probably because he's seen me. He's picked up his kids in my house and been like, <laughs> saw me in the middle of a crazy day. So he's like, oh, there's where you're super happy. I'm pretty happy at home, too, though. <laughs> well, um, you've got some happy places coming up. So uh, where can people see you be happy performing? Well, this Saturday I'll be at an event called Strong Words in Silver Lake. And um, on Tuesday I'll be in Oakland at Oakland, I think it's called Oakland Spiritual Center, and I'm opening for author Tosha Silver's book party. And then I'll be in Myst- at Mystic Journey on Abbott Kinney in Venice, opening for Tosha again. And then on June 13th at Genghis Cohen, I'll be with my guitarist, Matt Hornbeck, and we have our iTunes release party on June 13th. It's a Saturday night at 7.30, and the album will be out on iTunes on June 30th. So that's our, our release for that. Okay, let me let me go over that again, just make sure everybody uh, hears it. For the, our audience in Los Angeles, tomorrow night... You're going to be at the Strong Words Theatrical Space. That's in Silver Lake. It's on Evans Street. It's just off of Hyperion. Tomorrow, that's, and that's tomorrow night at 7.30. So come and hear Amy sing, and then also stay for the playwrights. If you miss her tomorrow and you're in Los Angeles, you can catch her in Venice, May 21st, at the Mystic Journey Bookstore. That's that really big bookstore. It's on Abbott Kinney. Get there really early because, you know, the parking scene on Abbott Kinney. And don't miss the uh, the iTunes release party. That's at Genghis Cohen's on Fairfax, and that's June 13th. Okay? we got, And then, of course, there's also the, uh, the Oakland date, too, for all those of you who are in the, the Bay Area. Um, my favorite song on the album is actually a love ballad, and it's got a very spare arrangement. So I want to, but it lets your voice really fly, literally and figuratively. So let's listen to a little bit of Sun and Sky Blue. And on the sky, and there's no silver lining from this side when she's a storm. Flowing through Shaking, taking Even you She was a chain She was a drug Back against the wall That just really strikes home. That's uh, that's like a, a hypodermic of emotion and in, directly into your vein. Um, wow. Now you, you do an unusual thing in that song. You, you let your voice come right to the edge of cracking, which gives it an emotional punch, a reality of feeling that would not be there if you had just dropped down a little bit and kept it smooth. Now, was it really hard to get that right? Uh, I do remember Eric Korn, who produced the vocals, and he's an incredible vocal producer. He he worked hard with me on this song, and I remember he said, "You're kind of mean. <laughs> you make yourself really go into like uh, over to the edge of the highest register." And but that's all I remember. You know, I I I had a I sometimes cry and write. You know, like I I have a lot of uh, it comes from deep in my heart when I write, and so it just is how it, how I sang it. You know, I I think that the song is just however it comes out. If there's a lot of emotion behind it, then I think sometimes those things happen. And then once I got into the studio, it's just, okay, that's how the song is sung. Now how can I do it while staying in tune? Because I think, you know, that's the toughest part. Like, I love Olivia Newton-John, and she's a an absolute master of staying in perfect pitch but still filling the the song with tons of emotion. And so... Certainly that was a challenge for me while I recorded it, and I was curious about it, but I can't say there was a whole lot of thought. It just it just comes out, well, you, that makes were sense. You, 
It does. At the when you were doing it, apparently your your producer recognized this. Did you recognize that that you were you were on the edge of just a bit too much, but you were holding it right there, or was it just that's what I you think wanted? I to? did. I think I did just from a technical place. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, like it's yeah. Remarkable. <laughs> wow. Really... Thanks for sharing that with me. It's interesting. Well, I. I, like David Mamet says, nobody wants to hear a songwriter show you the emotions they felt when they were writing it. You know, he talks about how, like, or a playwright, he's he's like, you want to pour the emotion into it in the writing process and then find a way to deliver it without making anybody carry your baggage for you, you know? And so yeah. by the time I get into the studio, it's like, that has all taken place. Now I just need to, I just need to stay in tune. <laughs> That's pretty much all I think about. <laughs> Well, well, you did it well. Now, Thank your you. Life, your, your life, especially your emotional life, has had its ups and downs like all of us. But you, you seem to really have found peace in Los Angeles of, of all places. Uh, what is it about L.A. That, that you didn't find in Chicago or Nashville? You know, it's so funny. I have always felt peace here. And I've always kind of understood it and not been afraid of the freeways or finding my way around. I've always felt peace here. And, and when I was little i used to watch like after school specials and they were like they go to school outside in la oh my gosh like it was all i wanted to do was live here and i i just feel i belong here you know i mean when you feel you belong it doesn't really matter what the city is it's just what matters is the sense of belonging and it's a crazy place and yes there's lots of people that come from all over the place and are somewhat delusional and <laughs> lost. and But, you know, there's so much hope in that. Like, I actually drive around and think sometimes about how many people are landing here today. And I remember that feeling that I had when I landed here first. There's so much hope and magic provided by the entertainment business. And, yeah, there's a lot of darkness in it, too. But I, I spend a lot of time thinking about how people are sort of who are looking for, well, what's on the other side of that sign to their hometown? You know, they're kind of like, what else is there? That's what this city draws. And to me, there's something really special in that. Well, as this is my hometown, I haven't heard it said uh, much better. And I I completely agree with you. There was a, a piece in the New York Times last week about an exodus of creative people from New York to Los Angeles. And I think you just said why, although you added something that I had never thought of because I was raised here, and that is, my God, they go to school outside. <laughs> I didn't I didn't <laughs> yeah. realize that you don't go to school outside. Well, yeah, when you grow up in Chicago, you know, and it's like you're running from the car to the front door of a school, and then, you, you know, to see, like, right. people. And that's another thing, like, the pace here, like, because of the weather, we we can just sort of enjoy it and be outside yeah. and you know, and it shows up in music too. We're talking with Amy Loftus uh, about her new album, uh, that whole time. And you can talk with her. You can call in to three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, or you can email in, and you're all starting to email in. I guess you're all listening to us at work here. You can email in at uh, musicfridaylive at gmail dot com. And let let's turn to some of the emails here. Uh, Ramos from Hermosa Beach, and um, he says. Would you tell us again when your personal appearances are and about the release party for iTunes? And incidentally, if it's iTunes, is there a CD available? Yes, there is a C- Thank you, Ramus. And there is a CD available. It's available on my website on May, ni- May 19th. It comes out. And I can ship it to you from my website or CD Baby. And then on June 30th, a little bit later in June, it will be available on iTunes. You can get it. And and any um, lots of different digital uh, venues. So um, it, as a result, it won't show up in your iTunes until it's on there on June 30th, and Grace Note is a, 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 able to re, you know read it. So, but the physical CD is available from my website, and all the shows are on my website too, AmyLoftus.com. So if you want to go to my website, you'll you can pre-order too. And you'll probably have the CDs uh, at uh, your your shows, too, won't you? Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah. Yes. So, Ramos, there's a way in which you can get a CD, and you can probably, I don't want to speak for our, our guests, but you can probably get her to autograph it. 
Oh, yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. <laughs> uh, Loggins, Loggins from Dallas says, uh, I'm a transplant from L.A., and I miss it. You are, you are really lucky. Every time I listen to you sing, I think about being home again. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you, Loggins. That's cool. Um, Mostel from New York City says, we do go to school outside. We do it in the spring. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There are moments in Chicago and New York where it's warm. (laughs) Okay. That's cool. (laughs) Yes, uh, Mostel, I I know you do. Sorry about that. We didn't mean to... um, to insult your 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 city there. <laughs> yes, New Yorkers have to treasure their spring. That's for sure. Not forgotten. <laughs> that's 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 right. Um, we are uh, getting close on time here, but um, we do have time for a, another song, and this is a song that uh, uh, well kind of changes the, the the tempo a little bit. This is uh, Working Man. This is a shift in tone and tempo, and I think a pretty good one. And a running scared through the backyard So hard Poverty will leave you really smart And really scarred Sore heart My father never had a pair of new shoes He don't play Now, that's the closest to, I think, um, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's kind of the closest to a Nashville-style country song. And um, it's Definitely. really powerful. And, and I assume that that's, that's from your life. Is that correct? It is. It's my dad's story, word for word. Hardest uh, working dad- man I ever met in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, yeah. Did, did, you, did you get any, any music from your dad? Like in terms of inheriting uh, musical ability? Or did he play music uh, that has influenced you? You know, he didn't. My siblings, if they would hear this, would laugh really hard. (laughs) We used to tease him because he sang out of tune. But he still would sing because he's an Irish guy, you know, and when you're Irish, you sing. Um, Yeah. But no, he didn't. My mom is, my mom has a beautiful voice, and she introduced me to music. Um, my dad was, he was in the audience in our house, but he inspired me in terms of, in a literary way. Like he inspired me to read and, and to know authors and to know who said what and look for the primary source and to be literate, you know? So in that way, he definitely inspired me as a songwriter. Well, I I, want to play a little bit more of that, uh, just because it is uh, such a standout song on the album and it is so deeply personal. Backyard So hard Poverty All right. Well, we are now out of time. So, Amy, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me thing. and Amy asking Loftus. such great questions. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you've been listening to uh, Music Friday Live with uh, Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and you'll get a real-time update on our guests. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at CyberStationUSA.com. Or if you want to download it immediately, 
going to be at blogtalkradio.com slash Music Friday. It'll be up in about, oh, 15 seconds or so. And that's also a good, you can also get it on iTunes as an iPod later on this week. Be here next Friday. Matt Legrand is going to join us. And if we're lucky, the Queen of the West, Corinne West, is going to be here. She's got a new album out, and um, I'm trying to twist her arm to get us to, to have her bring some songs with us. Check out our Twitter feed and uh, our uh, Facebook page, and uh, you'll get all the details. Meantime, have a great musical weekend. I'm going to leave you with Working Man. Maybe I'll bump into you standing in line for the theater over at Culver City.